Shalom, this is Gad Dishi, and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. We're in the height of the drama in Parashat Toledot, Perek Chaf Zayin, Pasuk Yud Tet, Vayomer Yaakov El Aviv, Anochi Esav Bechorecha, Asiti Kaasher Dibarta Elai, Kumna Shva Beochlam Mitzedi, Ba'avur Tevarechani Nafshecha. And Yaakov told his father, I am Esav, your firstborn. I did as you spoke unto me. Please arise and sit and eat from my hunt in order that your soul shall bless me. And so we have a uh, difficulty here in regards to Yaakov's response, clearly indicating a falsehood. Anochi esav bechorecha. Rashi inserts a pause between Anochi and esav bechorecha. Anochi I am esav bechorecha, meaning he is your firstborn, but that's not me. Asiti ka'asher dibarta Eli Rashi implies in the past I've done as you spoken unto me. Ibn Ezra on this type of a perush says this is ridiculous. Ve'ele devre ruach. Ibn Ezra cites that we have many instances. We have David HaMelech, Elisha, the prophet. Uh, at this point Yaakov has yet to become a prophet. Uh, Michai who was a prophet. Daniel who may or may not be a prophet, which is Machloket Masechet Sanhedrin. And we have twice by Avraham, where we see that people of great stature have lied in the situations that called for it. So there's no need to get all ruffled by the fact that there's a lie taking place in this situation. Uh, Yaakov is not a Navi, who is a Shaliach mitzvot. Yaakov is not teaching us a mitzvah. So we shouldn't get that mixed up with his doing something davar she'enenu kahogen. He did something which was improper. And since he's not giving us any mitzvot, it's not a problem that Yaakov is lying. The Radak head-on asked the question, How could it be that Yaakov, who was a sadiq and God-fearing person, how could he lie? He goes on to say that Yaakov knew he was more worthy, so he's not to be called a liar in this situation because of these extenuating circumstances. One lie doesn't define your character. And we see God telling Shemuel to lie, and Abraham and Yitzchak lied about their wife being their sister. So this is also not a problem. Basically, we have a morality in our heads of absolutes, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But Chazal teach us, Meshanim Shalom, the Sugyot and the Gemara teach us the truth is a relative value. And we need to be humble enough to recognize, Al-Tahit Sadiq Harbeh, do not be such an overrighteous person. The Torah tells us many times how to act, which is against the grain of our nature, but also not everything we think is right is right. I would also like to suggest that here we see that Yaakov is lying, but it's not a devilish plot to steal and take uh, brachot, but rather because he felt that his father would never bless him as Yaakov himself, and the only way to get it was to be a sav, and it was a result of the favoritism in his quest to receive his father's love, which I set out more in my book in detail. Uh, the Hiskuni points out that at the end of this pasuk, Yaakov says, which is repeating what Yitzchak said to Esav, and he says this in order to be more convincing that he should be understood to be Esav. But what the Hiskuni lives out is that the last word, Yaakov couldn't have known, because Rivka didn't tell it to him. If you recall, she switched over the words to say, that Yitzchak had said that he should bless him lifnei Hashem. And therefore, this idea of Yaakov having the right words of Tevarechani Nafshecha might indicate a further divine intervention or an assistance in God giving Yaakov the exact wording that would be more convincing for Yitzchak to think that he was a Sav.
Now, while we pointed out that this wording, or Yitzchak's blindness, may have been from Hashem, it doesn't mean that Yaakov will not get punished or that God intended that it happened this particular way. Just like the eating of uh, the fruits from Etzadat, while it seems almost clear that Hashem anticipated their eating, it does not mean that they don't get punished for eating the way and in the time that they did. Perhaps Hashem would have brought them to eat from Etzadat uh, with permission at a later time. And here too, maybe Hashem would have arranged for Yitzchak to give Yaakov the right brachot some other way. Sometimes the fulfilling of a destiny is part of the divine plan, but the way that it gets done involves wrongdoing. And that will certainly levy a quite a heavy price that might reverberate for years and generations. But even if it happens the quote-unquote wrong way, it is still a part of what has to happen. So there you go. That's about a year of theological philosophy in a couple of sentences. In Pasuk Chaf now, Vayomer Yitzchak el beno, sobeni, Vayomer ki hikra Adonai Elohecha lefanai. And Yitzchak said to his son, How is it you found this so soon, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God gave me good luck. The modern commentators mentioned the idea that in addition to Yaakov's lies, here Yaakov also mentions God's name in vain. Uh, he said that God has kikra Hashem elokecha lefanai. Interestingly, while Rashi tries in other psukim to save face for Yaakov, here he doesn't make any attempt to salvage uh, this sentence about uh, the whole sentence not being truthful. The Radak says that even this query of Yitzchak only comes about because Yitzchak already picks up on the differences between the voices of Yaakov and Esav, and this is why he begins his questioning. Finally, it says, Hashem elokecha lefanai, the Radak explains that this is Yaakov saying that your God, Yitzchak, meaning it was in your merit, Yitzchak, that uh, I was able to find this uh, quickly. Vayomer Yitzchak el Yaakov, Geshana ba'amushecha b'ni, ha'ata ze b'ni Esav, im lo. Vayigash Yaakov Yitzchak avi vayimushehu. Vayomer, hakol kol Yaakov, vahayadayim yedei Esav. And Yitzchak said to Yaakov, Come close that I should feel you, my son. Are you my son Esav or not? And Yaakov came close to Yitzchak, his father, and he felt him. And he said, The voice is the voice of Yaakov, but the hands are the hands of Esav. So what is causing the suspicion, Rashi says, was the initial statement of, And that Esav would never have called out in God's name. However, the Ramban says, no, Yitzchak had thought that Esav was a good person and Shem Shemaim, the statement of mentioning God's name, would not have been a weird, out-of-the-place thing. It was really only the voice, as we pointed out earlier. And indeed, the word kol, meaning voice, is a light word, is a milah mancha. It repeats itself as a theme. Rivka says three times in Psukim Chet, Yud Gimel, and later in, in Mem Gimel, Ve'ata b'ni shema bekoli, listen to my voice. You can even hear the similar sound of the word kol in the words of klala, kilalatecha. And of course, here in our pasuk, kol, kol Yaakov, later we'll have vayisa esav kolo vayep. The feeling that Yitzchak feels are ostensibly the arms where Rivka had already placed the goat skin with the hair. They're not referring yet to the face or the neck. Apparently both Yaakov and Esav had beards. And he does have a doubt, Yitzchak, so he's trying now to figure out voice versus feeling, and Yaakov and Esav seems to be the toss-up. It's one of the two. Uh, later it'll seem that Yitzhak may not have any idea who it was, but he quickly comes to the idea that it was indeed Yaakov. Pasuk Chav Gimel. Velo hekiro. 
כי היו ידיו כדי עשיו אחיו שעירות ויברכהו. And he did not recognize him, for his hands were like the hands of Esav, his brother, Harry, and he blessed him. So the word hikiro is one of those words that will echo throughout the rest of Bereshit. We see it by Yehuda and Tamar and Yosef and the brothers. Uh, the Chizkuni says in here the voice is not such a dependable option, and that's why Yitzchak is going to opt for what he feels over what it is that he hears. Uh, the word vayvarchehu at the end that says he blesses him, uh, only the Abarbanel I saw was the person who addressed this. Uh, it doesn't mean that he really blessed him already at this point in the drama, but rather that he had already made the decision that he would bless him based on the idea of what he felt. Uh, modern scholars try to understand the word vayvarchehu mean here to mean that it just that he thanks him for bringing all the food uh, and not necessarily in the formal sense of the bracha, which seems to be a little bit out of sync with the rest of the section dealing with blessings. I would like to suggest that really it anticipates the end. In other words, it lets the, le- the reader know from now and get some catharsis that there is going to be a bracha from Yitzchak to Yaakov, and this focuses the tension away from whether or not he will get the blessing to how far will Yaakov need to go in order to get it. So we're going to focus on the means as opposed to the ends because we already know the answer at this point. Pasuk Chaf Vayomer, Esav, Vayomer Ani. And he said, You are my son Esav. And he said, I am. So the Radak reads this uh, Pasuk as a question. And he says, Esav, Are you my son Esav? And he answers, I am. The Rashbam reads it as a statement that Yitzchak says, Esav. Having already felt him now, he understands that he's Esav. Vayomer uh, Ani. And uh, perhaps Yaakov here should have remained absolutely silent, but in this situation he just says, I am who I am. For Rashi, that's uh, another white lie. He doesn't say, I am Esav at this point. Uh, of course, now we should all point out that once Yitzchak already raised the uh, specter of the voice giving him away, so Yaakov is much more careful not to speak too many words, and he only answers with one word if he can, Vayomer uh, Ani, Pasuk Chafhei. And he said, uh, Serve me so that I shall eat from the hunt of my son in order that I shall, my soul shall bless you. And he served him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And the word Gesha now, this is repeated a number of times but with different meanings. Uh, here it also means to, be, uh, to serve. Before it was used, was to draw close. And indeed, Yitzchak is wanting to bless someone by drawing them close to the person who is going to be serving him. It's the serving that draws them close, both physically and emotionally, towards the blessings. Um, Yaakov brings him wine, which is a new item. Uh, it wasn't mentioned before. It seems that he had to go and get it. It's something that will also allow him to help dull the senses of Yitzchak. The Radak says he gives it to him in order to put Yitzchak in a good mood. Later, this will come to haunt Yaakov as much of the uh, actions here. In fact, almost every word, by Hikiro, by Mushehu, every action and every item is going to come back to haunt Yaakov, as we will, Be'ezat Hashem, point out throughout our studies to show this Midah, Keneged Midah. So, in many ways, our hero gets punished severely for his wrongdoing, as we have with other venerable biblical characters, and we need to keep in mind that no one is immune from punishment for wrongdoing. Pasuk Chavav. And Yitzchak, his father, said to him, Come close and I shall kiss you, my son. So the kiss, what is the purpose of the kiss? So ostensibly, 
it's another questioning of who it is that is in front before him. It's in order to, to feel the face or the neck. Uh, the Ben Ezra volunteers that this grammatical construct means the kiss on the hand or the neck, but if it were to say uh, to kiss with a lamed after it, lenashek uh, le, similar to when we have uh, Yaakov meeting Esav 20 years later, uh, it means to kiss on the mouth. Ibn Ezra does not bring any support text to this, or why he thinks that to be the case. Theoretically, if in this case it also meant on the mouth, then maybe Yitzchak is trying to use a different sense to try to figure out who it is, which would make more uh, sense in what it is that we're trying to gain here. Pasuk Chavzayin goes on to say, And he came close and he kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothes, and he blessed him. And he said, See the smell of my son as the smell of a field in which God has blessed. And uh, so he tried the taste, he tried touch and sound, what's left? So it's apparently the smell. Uh, hence the clothes, as Van Rad points out, that the clothing is not meant for Yitzchak to see, which is something he can see. Uh, so it must have been for something else. Why else would Yaakov have taken the begadim of, uh, or why would Rivka give Yaakov the clothes of Esav, uh, it must be for the smell, as we mentioned earlier, something that had absorbed the uh, essence of uh, where Esav would be, his body smell, plus the smell of being in the fields. So uh, there's nothing left for Yitzchak to do to find out who it was. And he used all of his senses, and he still had this uh, questioning, and it seems to be that it was Esav, was there anything else he could have possibly done? Well, very simple. Rivka! Honey, which of our dear children is here with me in the tent? Or Yaakov? Or Abadim? Somebody, can anyone just come here and let me know who, who is here with me in the tent? Since he doesn't do any of these, uh, we can conclude that Yitzchak is indeed trying to keep this a secret. All the point that initially Rivka heard or overheard, we can now conclude that really Rivka overheard. Uh, it was because if she was there, now Yitzchak could have just called her in. It's apparent that Yitzchak can't have Rivka know, lest she want Yaakov to get blessed or object to Esav getting blessed. So Yitzchak did not have a blessing for Yaakov, because if he did, he could involve Rivka. So as harsh as it seems, Pshat seems to be that Yitzchak is trying to only bless Esav to the exclusion of Yaakov, and Yaakov's insecurity is very well, too well founded, which is very, very sad. Pasuk uh, Kafchet, the actual blessing. May God grant you from the dew of the heavens and the fat of the earth an abundance of grain and drink. May peoples serve you and nations bow before you. Be overlord to your brothers. May your mother's sons bow before you. Those who curse you, be cursed. And those who bless you, blessed. And this is really what all the bracha is about. The uh, wording may sound very familiar. Let's take a quick look. Ya'avducha amim. Right, this idea of la'avod verav ya'avod sa'ir reminds us back again to the oracle in chapter 25. lecha le'umim. Again, ul'om mil'om ye'ematz. A reminder again to Pena Cafe. The Abarbanel points out that most of the Brachot here are midah keneged midah for the things that happen because of preparing and serving the meal. So, for example, the grain is because of the bread that was made and brought forth. The tirosh, the grapes, the wining is because of the wine that Yaakov brought. Uh, that many people should serve you is because you, whoever you are, served me. 
Uh, maybe we can also add, because you quenched my thirst, so God should quench the thirst of your fields with the rains. And I think it's important that um, um, to point out that he is not giving the Birkat of Raham. There's no Beracha of Zera Va'aret. We get the Zera Ha'aret, meaning he's giving the blessing of the field, uh, which means that he's trying to push Esav perhaps away from hunting. Uh, Svi Grummet points out maybe he wants him to settle down into agriculture. Uh, being as it may, he ends with sealing the uh, the blessing so that uh, whoever curses uh, this person before him will be cursed. So if later Yitzchak indeed feels he wants to curse Yaakov for having snuck and taken the blessing which was not supposed to be his, he cannot because he would be cursing himself. And so indeed whoever it is that uh, is blessed now will be eternally so. Tukim lamed to lamed bet. Vahi kasher kila Yitzchak levarechet Yaakov. Vahi achyatso yatsa Yaakov met pene Yitzchak aviv veesav achiv ba mitzedo. Vayas gam hum atamim. Vayavele aviv. Vayomele aviv yakum aviv. Vayochal mitzed beno baavur tevarechad ninafshecha. Vayomelo Yitzchak aviv mi ata. Vayomer ani bencha vechorecha esav. And it was just as Yitzchak concluded to bless Yaakov, and it was just as Yaakov exited from before his father Yitzchak, that his, Esav, his brother, came back from his hunt. And he too made delicacies, and he brought them to his father. And he said to his father, Arise, my father, and eat from the hunt of your son, in order that your soul shall bless me. And Yitzchak, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, the firstborn Esav. The text had been using the idea of Bina Gadol, Bina Katan, of bigger and smaller, but when Yaakov and Esav speak, it seems that they both refer to Esav as Bechor, Yaakov, while he was disguised as Esav, and Esav here, as he comes in. But we notice how for Esav, the word Bechor comes before his own name, even Cha Bechor Cha, Esav, which makes it an official title. But for Yaakov, he couldn't so easily bring himself to say that, and he only uses it as an adjective after Esav's name, not as a title. He says, Anochi Esav Bechorecha, just a fact of who was born first, but not someone who maintained that title, because he knows that he bought it from him uh, at the time of the Nazid Adashim. Uh, the words, Mitzed Beno, the hunt of your son, uh, seems to have some distancing, but really it's perhaps more of a royal we, so Esav is really showcasing their father-son bond, which was just stolen from him. The Ramban says that when Esav comes in and says, Dad, come eat, Yitzchak initially thinks Yaakov has now come in to get his own blessing, which is similar to my suggestion earlier about what Rivka had initially asked Yaakov to do, so we're in good company. Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Yitzchak's reaction. Vayecherad Yitzchak charada gedola ad me'od vayomer mi'efo hu hatsad sa'id vayaveli vaochal mikol beterem tavo vavarechehu and Yitzchak trembled the tremendous tremblings. And he said, Who then was the one who had gone and hunted by a hunt and brought it to me? And I ate from all and before you arrived and I blessed him and he will be blessed. So the word at the end of this sentence of Gam Baruch seems to be sticking it to Esav and doesn't seem really to be in place. Uh, the Mefarshim point out that these words mean that the person who is blessed is, will, re, will remain blessed because he is truly the worthy one. But Pshat seems to be more like Zakovich and other modern commentators that Yitzchak, as we pointed out, would not be able to undo it because of Orarecha Arur, that if I want to curse someone now, that will basically be cursing myself. 
כשמוה עשיו את דברי אביו, פסוק ל"ד, ויצעק סעקה גדולה ומרה עד מאוד. ויאמר לאביו, ברכני גם אני אבי. And it was as Esav heard the words of his father, and he let out a tremendous and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me also, my father. Esav's great cry here is a realization that he is not so special, it's crushing. For all the while, while he was preparing his hunt, he knows he's the loved one, I am loved, I am loved, and now... Not really, you're not so special. Someone else came in and was able to replace you with some shaggy goat skin and a good meal. And it's very emotionally distressing having the entire reality of his existence pulled out from under him. We move on to see how Esav and Yitzchak will be able to reconcile this, this, this situation. Yitzchak tells him, And he says, Your brother came in deceit and took your blessing. And the word here, Mirma, will later again come to haunt Yaakov. Textually, it's also a word that sometimes in Tanakh might have a positive connotation of outsmarting or guile, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to have the negative connotation. Here it does seem to have that negative twist to it. So here in Pasuk Lamed Hay, Yitzchak knows that it was Yaakov, Ba'achicha b'mirma. In Pasuk Lamed Gimel, he was questioning who was it that came before him? Where did the transformation of knowledge take place? I would like to suggest that it was when Yitzchak says, Va'ochal mikol beterem tavo, and I ate everything that he served me before you arrived, and I blessed him. He makes a mental survey of what it is that he ate, and he recognizes the bread, and now he places the collaboration of Rivka together with Yaakov in making of the bread and bringing the meal to him, and he knows now that it was indeed Yaakov. Pasuk Lamed Vav. ויאמר, הכי קרא שמו יעקב, ויעקבני זה פעמיים, את בכורתי לקח, והנה עתה לקח ברכתי. ויאמר, הלא עצלת לי ברכה? And he said, is this the reason why he was called יעקב? For now he has tripped me up, ויעקבני, he tricked me, or was crooked this now two times. He took my firstborn rights, and now he also took my blessing, the play on words of בכורתי and ברכתי. And he said, have you not also saved from me a blessing? And so we have this, he said, he said twice in the same verse. Dat Mikra points out that really there was a pause in between when Esav had said, and now he also took my blessing, and he was waiting for some type of response from Yitzhak, which was not forthcoming, and therefore Esav had to start saying another thing, and did you not save from me a bracha, Radak, saying that the Bechorati Lakach, was indeed the idea of having sold the Nezid Adashim for the Bechorah, and that was a, a trickery, it was not worth the consideration, uh, this in direct uh, contradiction to what it is that the Rashbam held, that the sale was a sale, and the food was only a ceremony that was after the sale, as we saw in comparison with the Treaty of Avimelech. Again, the focus of Esav is, It's me. I'm your special son, the beloved, the favored. How could it not be that you have a bracha for me? It's for, for Esav, it's something to do with his relationship. It's not so much to do with the actual content of the bracha as it is to be acknowledged by his father. Pasuk Lamed Zayin, Vayan Yitzchak Vayomer Le'esav, Hen Gevir Samtiv Lach, Ve'et Kol Echav Natati Lo La'abadim, Ve'dagan V'tilosh Semachtif, Ulcha Efo, Ma'ayase Beni? And Yitzchak answered and said to Esav, here I made your brother sovereign over you, and all of his brothers I gave to him as slaves. 
and gave him grain and winery and to be masterful over them. And therefore, my son, what is it that I am to do? Yitzchak is basically telling Esav that this is a zero-sum game. The blessings are exclusive. It's singular. Uh, what I gave him I, leaves me nothing to give to you. I can't give you both dominion. You already gave away the dominion to your brother. What's left to give to you? Vayomer Esav el Aviv. And Esav said to his father, Is there only one blessing that you have, my father? Bless me also, my father. And Esav raised his voice and cried. Again, we have the stress of Esav calling his father, my father. Again, for him, it's the relational aspect of this that's causing him much of the distress. He's telling Yitzchak, it's not about the stuff. It's about the love, and you can bless me too. And there's lots of crying going on, which again will haunt Yaakov, who will also be doing lots of crying. When we have here the blessing of Yitzchak to Esav, we're going to see that now Yitzchak is going to focus on the physical aspects that can be multiple and plentiful to include Esav as well. Says, look from the fat of the earth be your dwelling and from the dew of the heavens above by your sword shall you live and your brother shall you serve and when you rebel you shall break off his yoke from your neck Yitzchak here having an opportunity to bless Esav as Esav uh, could have given him Birkat Avraham, does not do so. He didn't do so when he thought he was blessing Esav while it was really Yaakov masquerading as Esav. So we see that the Birkat of Avraham, of Zerah Va'aretz, was something that Yitzchak did not intend to dispense, and he did not do so at this time. We see here also the formulation of the sovereignty being given over to Yaakov, Esav only being able to shake off the yoke of the uh, burden of working for Yaakov, uh, when he will rebel, uh, tarid is a difficult word. It means perhaps to, to shake, to move, uh, to move in rebellion. And the idea of being able to move also could also mean not just in rebellion, but could mean in terms of leaving to a different land, meaning when uh, he leaves to Eretz Seir, he leaves Eretz Israel to Eretz Seir, then Esav will be able to be free of Yaakov, and he needs to do so if he wants to have peace in his own dominion. Uh, this is the bracha that Yitzchak gives to Esav. It's the, so to speak, booby prize. It does give him abundance, but it's always being in contrast to what it is that Yaakov was given. And the focus of our next lecture, the last one, closing parashat toldot, we'll see how Esav reacts to all of this, and we'll learn the immediate aftermath of how Rivka will decide to navigate the situation. Until next time.